You're listening to Sins of Detroit, a true crime podcast brought to you by the Detroit News. Season 1, Motor City Injustice, a look at wrongful convictions that started with investigations by the Detroit Police Department. Episode 4, Bad Science. What is, what is always upsetting when you think about the issue of wrongful conviction and how many likely came out of the Detroit Police Department's failures, misconduct, laziness, lack of training, etc., etc., etc. In Detroit, <laughs> my God, I, I, I just don't know how it got that bad. I'm George Hunter crime reporter for the Detroit News. That was Bill Proctor, a television journalist in Detroit for 33 years before he retired in 2013 and began working to help exonerate wrongfully convicted prisoners. Innocence advocates for years have pointed to problems in the Detroit Police Department, which they say has led to people going to prison for crimes they didn't commit. One of the biggest problems, they say, was the Detroit Police Crime Lab, which was shut down in 2008 after an audit found the entire operation was an error-riddled mess. People deemed scientists and credible evaluators in crime labs somehow got off the rails and forgot what the core of their assignment was. That is to credibly demonstrate scientifically that various elements of evidence could show that there was a bad actor, a specific bad actor, the correctly identified bad actor in a crime. And if they didn't follow that hard line, if they were trying to get it done too quickly, if they were under the impression from an investigator that, hey, this is the right guy, never mind what the evidence says, those things happened. It was police investigators who grabbed little bits and pieces of evidence and then convinced somebody in the lab to identify a bullet to look at a blood smear, to try to run down semen, to try to match their suspect to what the lab might have had. When you cover crime in a city like Detroit, it's hard to be shocked. But even veteran reporters were surprised when authorities announced in 2008 they were shutting down the Detroit Police Crime Lab after a state police audit found major problems. Auditors selected 200 shooting cases at random and found glitches with evidence in 10% of the cases. David Moran, director of the University of Michigan's Innocence Clinic, said many of these anomalies were not mistakes. He says it was corruption. We know that the Detroit Police Crime Lab uh, had serious problems which were unearthed in 2008 when the Michigan State Police did an audit of the ballistics unit and found widespread problems and, and the, that audit indicates that there was a lot of inaccuracy going on but if you read that audit carefully it's very clear that it was fraud that there there were bullets being matched to guns that 
uh, did not match, but that was the, what the police officers wanted. So the crime lab was giving the detectives what they wanted to, to close cases. Um, and we saw that uh, blow up again uh, in one of our cases, the Desmond Ricks case a few years back, where he was exonerated, where the police had clearly fraudulently matched bullets from a victim to uh, Mr. Ricks's mother's gun. Innocence advocates say the Detroit Crime Lab's problems are perfectly summed up by the case of Desmond Ricks, who spent 25 years in prison for a 1992 murder he didn't commit before he was exonerated in 2017. In that case, former Detroit police detectives David Pouch and Donald Stowitz are accused in a $125 million lawsuit of lying about ballistic evidence and then switching bullets to cover up the lie. City attorneys who are representing the now-retired cops declined to be interviewed for this podcast. Desmond Ricks was with his friend Jerry Bennett, and they were actually coming home from the hospital where Desmond Ricks' girlfriend had just given birth to his daughter, and, uh, and Jerry was giving Desmond a ride home, and they stopped at a Top Hat restaurant, which is a burger joint. Uh, and Desmond stayed in the car because Jerry said that he had some business to take care of in the restaurant. So he, Jerry went in the restaurant. He was seen by a waitress at the restaurant who saw then another African-American man came, uh, come in, uh, talked with Jerry Bennett briefly, and then they walked out together. And then the next thing she heard was shots coming from the parking lot. Well, Desmond Ricks was still in the car this whole time, and what he saw this other man who he did not know uh, pull a gun and shoot his friend Jerry Bennett once in the head and once in the uh, abdomen. And, Jer and Jerry Bennett was killed instantly. So Desmond Ricks got out of the car and ran because he just seen his friend shot. Um, and in the process of running, he dropped his jacket. Detectives found the jacket with Ricks's ID in the pocket. So they knew where he lived. So they went to the, um, his home and arrested him on the theory that it must have been the shooter who fled and dropped his ID and his jacket with his ID. Uh, they arrested him, they searched the house, and upstairs in Mary Ricks, his mom's bedroom, they found her 38 caliber Rossi in her nightstand. And then the very next day, out from the Detroit Police Crime Lab comes a one-page police report saying that they had taken the two bullets from Jerry, Rick, uh, Jerry Bennett's autopsy, one from the brain and one that was lodged against his spine, and uh, test fired Mary Ricks's 38 Rossi and they matched. So the bullets from the autopsy, they said matched the bullets that had been fired into the water tank. So that was the entire case against Ricks because there was no motive, Jerry Bennett was his friend, no witnesses who saw anything other than the waitress at the top hat who confirmed that Jerry Bennett came in and met some African-American man who was not Desmond Ricks. The only witness in the case gave a description of the shooter that looked nothing like Ricks, according to attorney Wolfgang Mueller, who's representing Ricks in his lawsuit. The witness from the restaurant who served the shooter said she saw the guy with a big silver gun pull up and the guy was light-skinned, Desmond's dark-skinned. She said he was a medium height or so. Desmond's like 6'3", so there's nobody going to confuse these two. Despite these discrepancies, during the trial, prosecutors kept hammering one point home to the jury. There was ballistic evidence, the two bullets that killed the victim, which police said were fired from Rick's mother's gun. 
the prosecutor over and over again said, how does Mr. Ricks possibly explain the fact that it's his mother's gun that we seized from his nightstand that fired the bullets that killed his that killed Jerry Bennett? Desmond Ricks is outraged, right? Because he knows he didn't do it. He tells his lawyer, we need to hire our own expert. That's bullshit. That, I never touched this gun. I don't know what happened, but my buddy just got killed. The defense did something that was very unusual in those days, uh, in that they asked the judge to have an independent expert re-examine the ballistics analysis. And so that independent expert was David Townsend, who was a retired Michigan State Police ballistics examiner. Uh, and the Detroit police delivered to him Mary Ricks's 38 and a couple of bullets that they said were the ones that came from the autopsy. So David Townsend fired Mary Ricks's gun into his water tank and then looks at the lands and grooves and the marks on the bullets. And he confirmed the DPD's conclusions that the gun was the one that fired the bullets that uh, matched uh, the fired the bullets that were taken from Jerry Bennett's autopsy. And so this independent expert actually ends up becoming a prosecution expert. Uh, he ends up confirming the, the DPD story. And so the case seemed ironclad against Jerry Ricks, and he went to prison for 25 years. Ricks was convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to 30 to 60 years in prison. He said it wasn't easy being locked up for a murder he didn't commit. What was prison like for you? What was it's hell. It's not a good place. It's the most abnormal environment ever created on earth. So you have to understand there is no good days. It's all bad. You, know, you just have to make the best, the best of bad. You know, that's what I did. For more Detroit crime coverage, breaking news, features, and sports, please click on www.detroitnews.com. The Detroit News, our reporting, your stories. Call 1-800-395-3300. Uh, fast forward uh, 17 years to 2009, so uh, Desmond Ricks is sitting in prison, and he reads that the Detroit Police Crime Lab has been shut down because of an audit of the ballistics matching unit done by the Michigan State Police. And so he actually wrote David Townsend and said, did you see this? And David Townsend wrote back and said, I'm going to come see you. As it turned out, Townsend, the retired state police investigator who'd been retained by Ricks's defense during his trial as an independent firearms expert, had been paying close attention to the news about the crime lab shutdown, and he said it triggered concerns that had been gnawing at him for years about the bullets he'd examined, which had been provided by Detroit cops. David Townsend did something truly remarkable as he went to the prison and met with Desmond Ricks and confessed to him that all of these years he had been suspicious about those bullets that the Detroit police had given him because they, uh, these bullets supposedly came from Jerry Bennett's autopsy, but he said they weren't mangled. Bullet that had gone through a skull and lodged against a spine should be mangled. And they were really clean, pristine was the word he used. And his experience is that bullets that are pulled out of a brain or pulled out of an abdomen are stained with you know the, the bodily fluids and so he said he said he thought at the time it was weird but he just couldn't believe that there was anything fishy going on so he didn't mention it 
back in 1992. But now, knowing what he knew now after reading the Michigan State Police Audit Report, he thought that the bullets had been switched. He thought that what the Detroit police had done is they had fraudulently matched Mary Ricks's gun to the bullets from Jerry Bennett's autopsy. Uh, and then, once this independent expert was appointed, knowing they were going to get caught, they gave David Townsend the bullets that they had fired from Mary Ricks's gun into their water tank, which then, of course, weren't mangled and were, and were clean. And if, so then, of course, when he fires Mary Ricks's gun into his water tank, David Townsend is going to hit those bullets are going to match the bullets that the Detroit police had fired out of Mary Ricks's. So that's what he believed had been done. And that's when we got involved in the case. Um, and so we got an affidavit from Mr. Townsend, uh, and we filed a motion for relief from judgment for Mr. Ricks. Moran said once the Innocence Clinic got involved, the entire case against Ricks began falling apart. The first thing we asked was the judge to order that those bullets be found. We actually spent years using FOIA requests to determine that there were still bullets that were in the file in the Detroit Police Crime Lab, and we didn't get the bullets, but we got a picture, we got a photo of the bullets. We sent that photo to David Townsend. David Townsend said, these aren't the bullets I tested. These bullets, these bullets are, are stained and mangled, just like you'd expect from an autopsy. We demanded that these bullets be re-examined and retested, and the Wayne County Prosecutor's Office initially fought us, uh, said that our claim was outlandish, said it was ridiculous that uh, David Townsend could possibly remember what bullets looked like that he'd examined two decades earlier. But the judge ordered the, um, the testing, and so the bullets were t given to the state police. And in 2016, the analysis was done. And what that analysis showed, first of all, was that these bullets were so mangled that they couldn't possibly be matched to any individual gun. So that told us that the original lab report matching these bullets to Mary Ricks' gun was fraud. These bullets couldn't be matched to any gun at all. It was impossible. And then uh, the state police investigator, uh, state police forensic analysis guy, uh, did a another careful analysis and he said one of the bullets had enough of the lands and grooves left on it that you could you could count the number of lands and grooves and, and lands and grooves are distinctive to a make and model of a gun um, you can't say this individual gun fired the shot just based on the lands and grooves but you can at least say what kind of gun it was or what or what kinds of gun it was and what he discovered was that there were um, six lands and grooves on on the one bullet that he was able, able to look up in, and a Rossi 38 has five. So not only could this bullet not be matched to any gun, but this bullet definitively did not come from Mary Ricks's Rossi. Rossi would not leave that mark. So that was a total exclusion. Uh, and it confirmed what, what David Townsend had been saying all these years, that the Detroit police had fraudulently switched the bullets so that um, uh, they wouldn't get caught. And, uh, and so Desmond Ricks was exonerated. 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 My most motivating factor was I didn't want to die in there. That was the thing that kept me going. I did not want to die in there. And I was going to do everything I could to, you know, to get myself to this position that I'm in right now. And I never stopped. I can never get the loss back. You know, the loss is the loss. I just have to make sure that I do everything in my power as a man and as a father and a grandfather 
and a brother, uncle, great uncle, great great uncle. You know, I just have to make sure I be the I can be the best person I can be every day for them, to teach them that you know, bad things happen to good people sometimes, but you just have to keep moving. You know, we can't let this define us or just stop us from living. Please join us for our next episode when we'll look at the road to exoneration for Detroit's wrongfully convicted population. Thank you for listening to Sins of Detroit. Ooh.